2: Once upon a time and welcome to the story story podcast I'm your host Isabel Hauser and I have some stories for you this is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world it will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely There is a small table on my kitchen balcony where I like to sit and sip my morning coffee, listening to the bird song like a meditation while basking in the silvery light of the morning sun. Now last Monday, as I stepped out onto the balcony, stealing myself to face another week, the table wasn't empty. There was a beautiful autumn leaf on it, deep red and shiny. The wind must have carried it onto my table and left it there. I picked it up and placed it on the window sill in my living room, next to the chestnuts I found on a forest walk, happy about that unexpected gift from nature. On Tuesday, there was a feather sitting on the table, shimmering silver like the tufts of fog that were still caught in the treetops. It was beaded with sparkling pearls of morning dew, and I wondered if that was yet again a haphazard gift from the night wind, or if someone was leaving those things on my balcony on purpose. And as if to answer my question, on Wednesday morning, there was a tiny golden bell sitting on the table, the size of a thimble that would just about fit my pinky. Its fine, tinkling sound made me smile, and I wondered who it was that left those presents overnight. I decided that whoever it was deserved a little treat. I had just filled up my stash of chocolate truffles from our local chocolatier, so that night, before I went to bed, I put a truffle on a saucer and left it on the table, and then I went to sleep. The first teller for this episode is Nora Dooley. Nora is a Massachusetts-based storyteller, educator, children's author and creator of Stories Life, a high school storytelling curriculum and storytelling program. On her website you can find fantastic material on all sorts of stories, from fables to heroic tales and riddles. In this episode, Nora Dooley shares the tale of Guifa soup and money.
0: Soup and money. Now, Jufa had a piece of bread, and he was walking about the square thinking to eat it when he was attracted to the smell of some delicious roasted meat. There, just in front of the restaurant, the smell was wafting out. Oh, Jufa decided to sit right down in front of that restaurant and eat his bread with the delicious smell of roasting meat. Well, he was sitting out there looking raggedy and crazy as he did, and the restaurant owner came out and said, What are you doing? And Jufa was scooping up the smell and eating the bread. He said, I'm eating your smell. And the restaurant owner said, Really? Really? So you're eating my smell, and you think that you can do that without paying for it? You owe me two coins for that smell. Jufa picked out his pockets and showed him, I don't have any money. Well, that's enough of that. We'll come to the judge. So the restaurant owner took Jufa before the judge. Judge, he said. This man has been sitting in front of my restaurant, enjoying the smell of roasted meat, and I have asked him to pay me for it, which he has flatly refused to do. The judge said, really? So it was the smell of roasted meat that he was eating with, what? A piece of bread, said the restaurant owner, and enjoying it. What a smile you should have seen on this silly sot's face. Well, said the judge, what have you to say for yourself, Jufa? Jufa said, your honor, he has asked me for two coins, and I would ask you that if you would loan me two coins just for one moment, I would give them right back to you, and you will see how I will pay my debts. "'You promised to give them back, Jufa?' said the judge. "'Yes, yes,' said Jufa. "'So the judge gave him two coins, "'and Jufa stood up and dropped them, "'ching, ching, on the table. "'And he looked to the restaurant owner and he said, "'Have you heard those two coins drop?' "'And the restaurant owner said, "'Of course, what do you think, I'm not deaf?' "'Well then,' said Jufa, "'I have paid for the smell of your meat "'with the sound of my money, "'and here are your coins back, judge.' I think everybody's even. The
2: fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Shoemakers Elves Staffing Agency. Times have never been busier, so we are hiring. The world is full of people who have 99 problems and no time to take care of them. But you aren't one of them. No, you are looking for a job. Your skills are manifold and you reach peak performance levels around midnight. Your cheerful personality makes you a delight to work with, but it wouldn't make you want to sing or make other noises while swiftly working away. As a plus, you are known for your nimble fingers, quick wit and light-footedness. Helping others is your greatest joy in life and you are happy to be paid in the form of clothing and or food. You're capable of applying yourself to a wide variety of tasks, from mundane occupations like sewing shoes or preparing feasts, to herculean endeavours like mucking stables, up to magical challenges such as spinning straw into gold or making royal offsprings disappear overnight. Are you interested in joining the ranks of our much sought-after elves? Send in your CV and cover letter to hello at SESA.com. We also accept applications via Carrier Pigeons. We pride ourselves in having the best qualified staff, so do include references that will confirm your proficiency in all requirements listed above. We can't wait to hear from you. Shoemakers Elves Staffing Agency, making the world a more organized place one night at a time. The patron for this episode is Renee Kim Ray. Not only is she a generous supporter of the podcast and patron of the arts, she also has the magical ability of shaping clouds simply by looking at them. So next time you see a unicorn or a majestic whale floating by in the sky, that was probably a piece of art by Renee. And not only that... She can also make bits of clouds disappear in her hands when she is hungry and Renee tells me that depending on the weather and time of day, clouds taste like popcorn, cotton candy or vanilla ice cream. Oh, I hope that one day I'll get to have a bite of a cloud too. We would also like to thank Colleen Jane for upgrading from a golden apple to the winged sandals tier. As a Winged Sandals patron of the podcast, she is now part of the Storybook Club. Four times a year, a gently used book of folk or fairy tales will show up on her doorstep. It might be a retelling or an anthology. It might be a picture book or a chapter book. Patrons at the Winged Sandal level get all the other rewards too. The extra podcast, the postcard, the hangouts and free admission to the live shows. The next round of books go out in January. Go to patreon.com forward slash story story podcast or storystorypodcast.com. Join now or upgrade your patronage to add some storytelling books to your bookshelves. A big thank you to all the listeners who already are patrons. You are the cinnamon and sugar dusting on our pumpkin pies. On Thursday morning the chocolate truffle was gone, and on the saucer sat a pebble, so round and perfectly white that for a moment I thought it was a pearl. I smiled and thought I'd try my secret Santa's taste for his savory things, lately I've been really into olives with herbs, so that evening I put an olive out on the saucer. I. Don't think it went down that well though, because on Friday morning I found the olive almost intact with a tiny sprinkle of what looked like half chewed and spat out morsels on the side. That didn't prevent the creature from giving me another present though. On the saucer there sat a raspberry. Plump and deep, pink and juicy, I popped it in my mouth and oh, it was the sweetest piece of fruit I had ever tasted, a tiny explosion of flavor on my tongue. To make up for the olive, I left out two chocolate truffles that night. They were gone by Saturday morning, replaced by a tiny candle in a walnut shell. It smelled sweetly of beeswax, and I wondered once again who the creature was. I was tempted to wait up that night and spy out of my kitchen window to catch it, but as a storyteller I have of course heard all the stories and knew better than to give in to my curiosity. And on Sunday morning, the most magical gift of all awaited me. There was a rose petal on the table and on it something that caught the light of the morning sun and reflected it in all the colours of the rainbow. First I thought it was a large drop of morning dew, but when I looked more closely I saw that it was in fact a crystal, cut like a diamond and probably equally precious. I could hardly believe my eyes. and... In my heart, I knew that this seventh present must be the last. So that night, I left out my last truffle, my favorite kind, the Christmassy one filled with almond paste and gingerbread spice. I also wrote a tiny thank you note for the seven magical mornings. And on Monday morning, both the truffle and the note were gone. But painted on the saucer, with what looked like tiny chocolate-covered fingers, was a tiny heart. There were no more presents, but ever since I have been more alert to the small gifts and wonders of nature that are all around us, spiderwebs beaded with dewdrops, glistening in the sunlight like fragile pieces of art. Empty snail shells with their perfect spirals, leaves that look as if painted by hand. And it made me think of something that Yeats, my favorite Irish poet, once said, The world is full of magic things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. I'm so curious to hear what wonders you have discovered in your time out and about. Please let me know, I'd love to hear from you. The second teller for this episode is my lovely co-host Simon Brooks, who is about to release his fifth album of folk and fairy tales, titled A Flight of Stories, more Secondhand tales told by Simon Brooks. With stories from England, Eastern Europe, Japan and Africa, and the original music between tracks, this is a great 65 minutes of listening pleasure for the whole family. Filled with hope and humor, Simon delivers the stories with his fabulous character voices and vocal sound effects, which will transport you, wholeheartedly, to places far, far away and, as we like to say, will bring you back safely. I guarantee you that the album A Flight of Stories will make a wonderful holiday present for friends and family. Get your hard copy now on simonbrooksstoryteller.com. And to get a flavour of his fabulous telling already now, you'll now hear Simon Brooks telling the much-loved tale of the stone soup.
1: Once, a very long time ago, in a war-torn country, there was a young boy and a young girl who took care of each other. The world they lived in was not friendly, and food was hard to find. They would go from village to town, searching for something to eat, looking for clothes which may have been thrown away, or shoes that might have been discarded, clothes and shoes better than their own. One day, they came upon a village, and, as usual, began to knock on doors. It had been a few days since they had last eaten, and they were hungry. Windows closed, curtains drawn, shutters locked, and no one answered the children. House after house, door after door they went, calling out for some food, but getting none. Even a crust of bread, if you have some to share, they cried out. A small amount of porridge, if you have enough to share. At the end of the street, they sat down exhausted on the ground outside the last house. The girl looked at the boy. An idea seemed to spring to her mind. She said in a loud voice, ''If only we had a great kettle, we could find some rocks and make stone soup.'' The boy turned and looked at her, as if she were mad. His voice was almost a whisper, ''What are you talking about, stone soup? Shh!'' The girl turned so she was almost facing the house, which they sat outside of. ''Don't you remember?'' When we were staying in that big town, where the blacksmith let us use his huge cauldron. Oh, that soup. The lad still looked confused, but raised his voice. Yeah, that stone soup tasted really, really good. The curtains in the house twitched, and a face peered out. If only we had a kettle to cook with. The curtains twitched again, the face had vanished, but after a moment the front door opened and a large kettle rolled out. At first it appeared to be coming out of the house all by itself, but then, to the children's surprise, the boy and the girl saw a little girl pushing it. The lad went over to help. The little girl thanked the boy for the help as they sat it down, next to the village green, on the stone-cobbled road, This is for you to make stone soup with. Uh, I've never had stone soup. What's it like? How do you make it? The young girl smiled. It's easy to make. All we need is a couple of stones, three if you're having some, and some water and this pot. We need to half fill the kettle with water. We'll get it from that well over there. Come on. The two girls went over to the well and began to haul up water. The boy found some long, strong, fallen branches to set the kettle on. He rolled them over the cobblestones of the road and got the kettle to sit on them. He then found sticks to lay beneath the blackened copper pot. As the girls half-filled the kettle with water bucket by bucket, the lad started a fire beneath the pot. When the flames licked the sides of the kettle, the three of them went in search of stones. What does stone soup taste like? It's not too bad, but in in a town outside Paris the mayor gave us some onions to put in the soup and that made it taste even better. The little girl suddenly turned and ran back to her house. Moments later she reappeared with an armful of onions, followed by her mother. Just where do you think you're going with those onions, young lady? This boy and girl are making stone soup. They said it tastes better with onions. Well, we said the mayor of this town we were in gave us onions once for stone soup. It did give it depth. What on earth is... Wait, is that my kettle? Yes, Mum, but they're hungry. The girl said they hadn't eaten in days. Give me those onions and come back to the house. The mother gathered the onions in one arm, grabbed the daughter's hand and strode back to the house. That almost worked. The boy's face fell. He sighed. I'm so hungry. What? What? It was bad enough she took the onions away, but now she's tormenting us by frying them up. It makes my stomach hurt they smell so good. I'm sorry. At least she let us use the kettle. A sound came from the house. The door opened, and the mother and daughter came out, the mother carrying a skillet filled with caramelised onions. Can I add them to the pot? The boy and girl grinned, of course. We'd love to have onions in the soup. Thank you. What's going on down there? A miserable old man with his head stuck out of the upstairs window. You, you're not feeding those two kids. Are they? They'll tell everyone around here that you give your food away. we we'll, we'll be overrun by starving wretches. These children are making stone soup and I thought I would learn how to make it. They told me a woman two towns away once added some cabbage to their recipe last week. The young boy and girl looked at each other and grinned. Don't you grow cabbage, Mr Jones? Cabbage? Don't know what you're talking about. Stone soup? Sounds a bit odd. Never heard of it. The window slammed shut. Mr Jones's front door opened, and out he came with a small sack. Me cabbages didn't do well, but I got me some parsnips, and they might taste all right, if you want them in the pot. "'I think it would make a nice addition, don't you, children?' "'The boy and girl nodded and smiled. "'Thank you!' "'A sharp-faced woman stuck her head out of her front door. "'What's all this noise out here? What's going on?' "'The young lad and his friend told the lady about the stone soup. "'They once had mushrooms. "'The woman scowled but came out with a bag of mushrooms. "'So what's this stone soup you're all talking about? "'Been a long time, Mr Jones, Mrs Temple, Angela?' They shook hands. Angela was the name of the little girl. Well, it wasn't long before more people came out of their homes and each in turn added potatoes, tomatoes, garlic, parsley, barley and chives. Other vegetables, herbs and spices were added as more people came to see what was happening. When the baker came out to see for himself what was going on, he went and fetched some loaves of bread. The girl and the young lad looked at these people who looked so tired, so sad, slowly start to talk and then joke with one another. ''Do you think we should get some tables and chairs?'' said the girl. ''Then we could all eat here, in this wonderful evening light, close to the fire.'' Tables and chairs were brought out and set up. Knives, spoons, bowls, butter and oil for the bread. Someone brought out ginger beer and lemonade. It wasn't long before people were laughing and smiling the two young strangers also smiled, seeing this community come together, open up, and share with one another. And Just think, it started with a kettle of water and a couple of stones. When the smell of the soup filled the air, it was served up to everyone. Bread was broken, drinks were shared, and the community came together. When all was eaten and cleaned away, The mother invited the two children into her home for the night. The young girl shared a bed with Angela, and the lad slept on a bench in the kitchen with a pile of blankets and pillows. In the morning, they all sat around the kitchen table, drinking hot tea, eating toasted bread lavishly spread with butter. When the boy and girl, wearing a newish pair of wool socks for the first time in years, were saying goodbye and thank you for the socks, the mother handed the couple The stones which had started the soup. Take these with you, so when you get to the next village you can make stone soup again. The girl shook her head. Keep them. Then when someone else visits your village, you can make stone soup for them. And so it was, all those years ago. The End
2: Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love. Find Nora Dooley at noradooley.com and Simon Brooks at simonbrooksstoryteller.com Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. We are in strange times for performing artists, but art is needed now more than ever. So many storytellers are doing online events, so you, Yes, you can see and hear some of your favorite storytellers of the podcast tell stories from the comfort of your home. These may be different times, but the opportunities to connect with the magic of life storytelling are abundant. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. You can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at StoryStoryPodcast or or Rachel Ann at Rachel Ann Harding. And you can find me at isabelhauser.com. You can see the Fairy Tale sponsor ads on the Story Story podcast Instagram and Facebook page. While you are there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcast, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily. Ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket
1: was
0: was baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly and the moth that got away.
2: If you go down to the lake on a clear day, When the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight, and if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.